You're listening to the Mildly Controversial Podcast. My name's Mike and this is Baz. Say hello, Baz. Hello, Baz. Welcome to your weekly dose of grumpy middle-aged men getting worked up about things that really shouldn't matter as much as they do. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share. If you enjoy this, share it with your friends. If you don't like it, share it with people you hate. Coming up on this week's show... I was always surprised when they called it a bum bag because I was like... And I tried to wear it around the back a few times. I'm not wearing it there. Why would you wear it there? It's ridiculous. Well, if you wear it around the front, maybe funny packages. Yeah, if it's coming around the thing, when I first said it was called a fanny bag, I thought, oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. it's, it's just basically normal folks to get together to have fights with other people for charity generally. Bass, bass, bass. You're not supposed to talk about it. That's the first and second rule of fight. Oh, yes, sorry. Yes. Andy from New South Wales, Australia, mustered up the strength to call his uncle Craig and pull himself upstairs. Again, that's right. I'm going to change the intonation of this sentence to very much change it, okay? Andy from New South Wales, Australia, mustered up the strength to call his uncle Craig and pull himself upstairs. <laughs> I don't think that's what you should be doing when you're in that situation. You should be seeking medical advice. You shouldn't be going upstairs to pull yourself. Um, she explained, one thing I used to do when I was younger was hide full alcohol balls in my bum, reading between the lines, that she used to smuggle stuff in for her mate. How many bottles can she fit in there? Yeah. And secondly, who's going to drink out of that bottle once it's been in her? Hello, 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 and welcome to the Mildly Controversial Podcast. This week, we have decided we are going to do a review of the year so far. Um, we don't do politics or religion, so a news review of the year so far uh, would normally be really boring and about loads of politics because there's loads of politics going on with recession, with strikes, with the Trump stuff. We're not going to talk about any of those things. What we're going to talk about is the weirdest things we found in the news in the last three months. Post-Dutch leader creation, the weirdest things you found. Yes, yes. <laughs> the weirdest things I found in between leaving the house at four o'clock this morning <laughs> and now is the long title of this. Um, but yes. So, I have got a bunch of news stories here, Baz, and we will go through them. We'll have a quick chat about them. Um, none of which are serious in any way, I don't think. Um, and just to give you an indication of how not serious these are, I'm going to go straight in with the first news story from January. Okay. Uh, and the headline is, in quotes, world's cheapest multimillionaire lives on cat food to save money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You, you give us the rest of the story. That's the, that's the, uh, do you know what? On a lot of these, I've picked them just on the headline, so we'll find out more about them together. Perfect. Um, but yeah, do you know what, Baz? From the headline, world's cheapest multimillionaire lives on cat food to save money. I'm not thinking there's going to be a great deal. It's almost the entire story, isn't it? <laughs> I suspect quite a lot of these, Baz, will be a new story that could be summed up in one sentence called The Headline, with a lot of bump that is unnecessary below it. But we'll dig through to see what we can find. Yeah, quite often with these, though, there's lots of other added snippets, are there? And that's just the one to draw you in. Yeah, we'll it's done well. It's got we'll stuck in. Um, first up, there is a photograph... Um, which I won't show, okay, Annette, because it, it genuinely makes me feel naughty. Have you, can I see it here? I mean, this isn't so visual, but yeah. You can say, okay, we'll do a reaction for Baz. That's it, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't look like cat food, but it doesn't look very appetising. Do you know what, Baz? It looks like cat food, 
but not the first time she's seen yeah, it. Exactly. It looks like that, that looks like cat food after the cat's rejected it <laughs> via its esophagus. As a quick aside, uh, do, uh, do you follow any of those kind of rate my plate types? Yes. Yeah. So the problem with rate my plate now is they start putting gooseberry up. That's my favourite. It looks like something <laughs> a cow shat out. <laughs> It's, it definitely looks like something that a cat regurgitated. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, most of us have imagined what life as a multimillionaire would be like. Many times. The kind of home we'd have, the designer clothes we'd buy, and of course the food we'd eat. The last thing we imagine any multimillionaire doing is eating cat food by choice unless they've got some kind of unusual fetish or kink. But this is exactly what Amy Elizabeth, aka the world's cheapest multimillionaire does. Despite having a net worth of more than $5.3 million. That's a lot of cat food. It is. Her bizarre way of living has been showcased by the TLC show Extreme Cheapskates. Now, I'm going to stop partway through that sentence, but I think you should, yeah. This isn't a news story, is it? (laughs) This is PR for a TLC team. But to be fair... I'm all there for it, and I'm going to carry on. Yeah, please do. Uh, but yeah, we have been clickbaited, by the way, into a promotion for a TV show, but we'll carry on. All right, we'll just edit out TLC, we'll be fine. <laughs> I'll leave it out with the little clown horn, because I like her, her. <laughs> I'm going to clip that, and I'm going to use that. It's your version of the clown horn as the new clown horn. Okay, any anything we need to bleep out of the podcast will now be Baz going... Her, her. <laughs> I am literally clipping now. I'm going to use that. Brilliant. Final got to use. <laughs> okay. Her bizarre way of living has been showcased on the TLC show Extreme Cheapskates, where one of her friends spilled the beans, pardon the pun. Her, her. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just so excited that you got a roll loving your mouth. The point is, this has got carried away. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Which is this, where one of her friends spilled the beans, brackets, pardon the pun. This is a new story about a multimillionaire yeah. who eats cat food. Yeah. There's no beans involved. How is that a pun? That's literally badly written. Cool. It's, it's not. I, 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 I'm invested in this story. Frankly, I would expect more from Lab Bible. <laughs> I would expect higher quality of journalistic content. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, spill the beans. Pardon the pun. That isn't a pun. On her unusual eating habits. They confessed. One of the times I know they being... This woman's mate who's grassed on her. One of the times I noticed Amy was a cheapskate was when I came over to her house and she asked me if I wanted lunch. So I said, sure. She makes me a tuna sandwich. As I'm eating the sandwich, I'm thinking, this is a little fishy. What is this? And then I looked on the countertop and I noticed there were empty cat food tins. I thought, no, she didn't do this. Putting the ethics of making somebody unknowingly eat cat food to one side. Amy admitted that she prefers to buy feline cat food because it's cheaper than meat produced for humans. She says she buys cat food to eat herself. Uh, do you know what? I'm, like, I'm going to put the wrong intonation in this sentence yeah. to completely change the meaning of it. Okay. Right? She said she buys cat food to eat herself <laughs> and clearly feeds to others because catfish Cost 30 cents less than human fish. Right. Okay. Human fish isn't a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still it's it fish. Any sense. It's just fish. It's cat food and it's a tin of tuna. <laughs> anyway, feeding a tin of cat tuna to her, another phrase that doesn't exist in the real world, to her ex husband on the show, she said, 
I just saved 30 cents. Clearly unaware of the levels his ex-wife will go to in order to save some cash, he said, I don't think Amy has ever fed anyone cat food, but I wouldn't put it past her to try. I'm not being funny. There's another picture of this food, right? And I will put it up on there. Yeah, okay. If he's, if he thinks that's human food, he's an idiot. So it doesn't mean just because you have millions of, like, dollars in the bank that it gives you any class, does it? <laughs> Apparently not. And also, like, I mean, she's clearly, she clearly has something wrong with that. She definitely needs help, man. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it just goes to sort of the money can't buy you everything. I know. And it also... Well, real boy cat food. It, 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 it'll buy you a shitload of cat food. Anyway, that's store number one. Uh, it's a good start. It, it's a real good benchmark yeah. for how inane these news stories are. Well, you went with weird, and that was weird. I went with weird. Okay. Right. What else you got? Not going to lie, Buzz. A little bit darker, this one. <laughs> The headline is, man who bought unused storage unit discovered entire murdered family inside. Yeah, I think we said a little bit darker. It is a little bit darker than a lady eating cat food to save money. <laughs> I did warn you. Okay, so um, maybe we should preface this with, um, we, uh, we said our sincerest condolences to the family of the people who were found in this thing before we, before we really kind of just... Go into this okay. as, as if nobody actually died. I'll do that. We're sending you the uh, Maldi uh, Controversial Podcast condolences. There you go. Carry on. So the detail, uh, I will remind you of the headline, which is, Man who bought unused storage unit discovered entire murdered family inside. This would be the darkest episode of Storage Wars. Yeah, yeah, it would. Uh, a man who bought a storage unit in the USA discovered that instead of some stuff that he could flog, he found the bodies of a murdered family. <laughs> Sorry, some stuff he could flog. So I'm mainly laughing at the writing of this because I... Yeah, <laughs> you no, would never have written that. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, uh, the, like, again, the journalistic qualities of Lad Bible news stories. Uh, what you gain by the quirkiness of the story, you lose in the, um, in the ability of the journalist to actually speak... <laughs> Coherent thing you like. Cheers. <laughs> These love Bible news stories do feel like um, somebody has just like thrown it together. It it, lo it it looks like somebody has just transcribed the conversation of that old pissed bloke in the pub. Yeah, and thrown it down and published it as a news story. Two blokes standing at a kebab queue, isn't it? Basically, <laughs> get like. Maybe we could get a job there, mate, because this seems perfect for us. Anyway, George Jenai bought the unit near Seattle in 1992. Um, I did say this was happened in January, but uh, the news story came out of January. Uh, I don't know why it took uh, 33 years to come out, but in uh, 31, just before you start writing in about my maths there, uh, George Jenai bought the unit in uh, near Seattle in 1992, hoping to find something interesting and potentially valuable. You probably wouldn't expect to find several corpses, though, or anything related to murder, as this bloke did. Jenai was fascinated as to why the storage unit had been untouched for 12 years while still being paid for. Now, that is an extra... Dumbass in this story, huh? For 12 years, somebody's been paying to keep this in a story thing. Anyway... In the end, he clipped open the lock and raised the doors and started digging for treasure. Once inside, he started to get rid of some heavy plastic that was covering everything. 
before starting to get through a three feet thick layer of old clothes. It was at this point he started to notice a foul smell. Disgusted, he kept on going. Those two things don't go together, do they, Vaz? It's like, disgusted, he stopped him, I'm doing nothing. Yeah, let's get you going. Disgusted, uh, maybe it's, despite being disgusted, he kept, kept on going, eventually discovering a bin bag that contained a human skull. Obviously, he immediately called the police. Eventually, the medical team were able to identify the bodies of 36-year-old Barbara Bender and her two sons, who had been missing for 12 years. Have you just laughed at that? No, oh, I'm sorry, Barbara and Fanny. <laughs> yeah, carry on. She can't hear you now. Oh, bye. She's been rotting in a, in a lockup for 12 years. Any relations is. <laughs> Bender, along with 15-year-old Mark and 8-year-old Brian, had been killed by blows to the head. And that, I'm going to read that again without laughing. Yeah, the fact that a 15-year-old and an 8-year-old lost their life is there. The clan. Bender, along with 15-year-old Mark and 8-year-old Brian, had been killed by blows to the head. Police also found a hatchet with blood and hair on it inside the locker. Barbara had filed for divorce from her husband the day before she disappeared and was last seen loading up a van. The police investigation immediately turned to her husband, Mark. I can't think why. I mean, it's intelligence there, isn't there? Yes. He was the person who had rented the locker. Well, <laughs> So... Oh no, he was the person who rented the locker, though it only came to light after his second wife stopped paying for it. Can I do the music? Da, 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 da. <laughs> so, Mark was arrested. So, let's, let, let's go through this. So, police investigation immediately turned to her husband, Mark. And that is because she disappeared the day after she filed for divorce. Yep. And... He rented the storage locker in his actual name. Yes. You don't need to be Columbo to find him as the uh, prime suspect, do you? Yeah. Uh, so the way we're not, we're not told about this is whether her disappearance at the time was a case that people were looking into. Because, I mean, you know, 12 years later is kind of like, mm, oh, she's been, she's been missing for 12 years. Well, she's been missing for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark was arrested and eventually confessed to the murders. Receiving three life sentences for the three counts of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to at least 80 years. Um, speaking about the gory scene that he discovered, Jenai said, I was in Vietnam. I've seen this before. I'm assuming he meant in the Vietnam War, yeah, yeah. not just... <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? How unlucky am I? I bought an old storage locker when I was living in Vietnam and the exact theme, same thing happened. What are the chances? Jesus. The news of Barbara's discovery, while tragic, did offer some comfort to her mother, who had spent 12 years not knowing what happened to her or whether she was alive or dead. She had thought that maybe her daughter had entered a witness protection program and was unable to contact them until her body was discovered. So it offered her some comfort that it was confirmed that her daughter had been murdered, that's much more comfort than the hope that she was in witness protection. Yeah. I think they need to speak to Barbara's mum as well. She's up to something. So, Bet Jones said, I've been waiting for word from her for so long, but at least this is better than not knowing what happened to her. No, it's not. <laughs> Definitely not, Betty. Barbara's cousin, Mangan, added... Now, at least they can be buried and rest in peace. I get that bit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, not knowing what happened 
um, and hoping that they're in witness protection is surely better than finding out that they were brutally murdered. But we need to discuss something here. Why did she think she might be in witness protection? I mean, that's just... How many people just go, oh, I'm just going to go into witness protection next week. I'll sit, yeah, I might be around in 12 years' time. That's not normal. There's something else that's missing from this story. Oh, well, yeah, why did Betty, uh, Barbara's mum, go, oh, well, you know, I should probably uh, probably go and look for her. I've not seen her for a long time. She went, so she went to 10 years in, she's gone, I haven't seen her for 10 years, but she's not been looking for her. She's probably in witness protection. I mean, she might go to see Mark, and he might have said, I think she's in witness protection. She went, oh, yeah, he seems like a straight-up stand-up guy. I'm bound to believe him, the murdering bastard. I think maybe that is. So Mark went, yeah, she said something about witness Don't tell anyone, though, about the witness protection thing. I just want to go back a little bit. One of the lines was written there. He probably wasn't expected to find bodies. No, of course, probably is the wrong word. He wasn't expected to find bodies. If he was expected to find bodies and he still bought the lockup, he needs taking into uh, police custody as well. Well, it's the second time doing it, isn't it? So, yeah, we do need to say that we'd like, clearly we are being flippant about this because it is a flippant news story. But yeah. uh, some people died. Um, but, yeah, there's it, some people died, but pretty much everybody mentioned, every surviving person mentioned in this story needs investigating because yeah. they've all got weird stuff going on I think yeah even if it's not for this crime it's for some crime somewhere <laughs> look them up they're bound to have done something <laughs> um, and that sentence is the reason why I'm glad I've never been called for jury service yes, exactly guilty <laughs> if they haven't done this they've done something have you got anything more weird than that because <laughs> you said it wasn't as weird and you said it was dark. So, yes, it was dark. It is dark. It was very weird. I didn't say it wasn't weird. Okay. Let's move on in February to something that relates back to um, some podcasts that we've done in the past. We've done a couple of episodes about the differences between the USA and the UK. Um, and we've highlighted some things that the US don't understand about the UK and some things we don't understand about the US. Oh, that Mark. Oh, it's a podcast. Listen, you could literally get this one. So, uh, Matt, yeah, I'm in, in the middle of recording a podcast, which you're now in. So, can I call you later? <laughs> Cheers, mate. Bye. I hope his audio was picked up on the mic <laughs> as well. So, excellent. He's a, he's a listener of the podcast. So, Matt, um, thanks for that, and that's your shout out for uh, for <laughs> ringing in the middle of recording it. Um, okay, so the headline on this one is the eight things that Americans don't understand when they visit the UK. Two British hospitality experts have revealed the eight things that Americans don't understand when they visit the UK. Laura and Nathan Curtin have personally been hosting American holidaymakers in their 18th century thatched English cottage for the last three years. Baz, we've been drawn in again. Uh, this is a news story that is, that is literally, it's clickbait that we've fallen for. That is basically, because that line says, as part of their... English Cottage Vacation, underlined, it's a link It's a link to their website. Yeah. But along the way, they've clocked the eight things that often stump Americans who are vacationing in the UK. I'm suspecting that some of these will be good and some of them will be awful, but let's go with it. The first thing is the high street. According to Laura and Nathan, Americans can't quite get their head around what is meant by the phrase the high street. Uh, Nathan told Sun Online Travel, they never understand what I'm saying when I mention the high street because there aren't really high streets in the USA. We explained that high street is the main shopping hub in the town centre. For anyone who doesn't know, a high street is normally a line of stores in British town centres 
where you can find clothing stores, restaurants, and other businesses. Wow. That little paragraph at the end there makes all that, even reading that out makes me feel stupid. But if you don't understand what high street is, it's a very, very good and valid explanation. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, look, don't you understand it when you when you use it? Yeah, so, look, it, it, there's eight of them, and that's the first one. Yeah. I'm not holding out much hope for the rest of it, but we'll crack on. Um, a quid. No matter where you are abroad, money can cause a fair few language problems, and it's the same across the pond, too. Nathan said, one thing I have to explain is what is meant by a quid. When I tell holidaymakers that something costs 10 or 10 quid, I get puzzled looks. Even though the Brits know what is meant by a buck, the word quid often confuses tourists. I normally tell them it's the nickname of a pound. But really, do it. Let us know. Do, do, do Americans not know what a quid is? Literally, it is the UK version of buck. Can I book is a dollar and quid is a pound? So weirdly, this is just a slightly where I've come across stuff like this. A lot of Americans, a lot of Americans, don't know what a kilt is. Really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just think it's obviously, I would think lots and lots and lots of Americanisms get into British society because of films. Yeah. yeah we see probably more American films than Americans see British films. Yeah. Which is, you know, but even so... Uh, you know, I, I've known what a buck was since I was a kid. Yeah. 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 I'm not I, saying I you're think... stupid. It's just, you know, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you're stupid. You might be. I'm just not saying you're um, Sorry, just an update, Buzz, on the um, could be non-alcoholic beers that yeah. you found me in your uh, garage. Give a look up. Which are, which are, which are clearly, um, which are nine months out of date. And I thought, fuck it, I'll give it a go. go. They're all right, mate. Never mind. Right. Yeah, there you go. Verification. You could drink out of date beer. That's that's enough of Lord, You know, if you drink American beer, it tastes like it's out of date anyway. So, okay, the next one is savoury pies. What could be more British than a hearty slice of a savoury pie? <laughs> but even a good meal can cause plenty of confusion between the two nations. Nathan added, "Our guests always ask about food, and they often don't know the difference between shepherd's pie and cottage pie." I can understand that. Yeah. They don't understand the differences between the two options. We have to explain that shepherd's pie is with lamb and cottage pie is with beef. Otherwise, the rest of the pie is exactly the same. Yeah. Now, at the start of that, that's like, savoury pies confuse America. That felt like it was going to be bigger. Yeah, yeah. Because pies in the States, as far as I'm aware, are more kind of sweet. So it'll be key lime pie and... Um, pumpkin, yeah. Pumpkin yeah. pie, pecan pie, those kind yeah, yeah. of things. They don't have lids, any of those things, do they? No, they definitely don't. That one will have gone out by this. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, so I get the, that confusion. But to say they don't know the difference between a shepherd's pie and a cottage pie, I reckon a lot of British people won't know the difference. Even though it seems obvious when you when it's explained. Yeah, yeah. The shepherd's, it's got sheep in it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not buying that one. We're moving on. Just go back to that. It's, I suppose the weird part might be cottage. A cottage pie. Yeah. Because, you know, you wouldn't know particularly what pie that was in. It doesn't <laughs> contain, contain cottages. <laughs> yes. And the previous one doesn't contain shepherds. Yeah, yeah. Next one is pavement. As well as driving on the opposite side of the road, the language used to describe the road is different too. Nathan said, despite speaking the same language, there are a lot of words that are just different. Uh, we've been through that, Nathan. Stop repeating yourself. When greeting their guests, Laura and Nathan are often asked about where the pavement is. They continued, pavement is a confusing word because it's called the sidewalk in America, but Americans never really get that. 
Many Americans have called the middle of the road the pavement, which adds to the confusion. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of Americans, like we know what sidewalk means. I'm pretty sure all Americans know what pavement. Means. Yeah, I've I've heard that that confusion before, though. It's just not a word that you use in America. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, next one is bum bag. Yeah, fanny pack, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fashion is another point of confusion between Americans and Brits. Laura said fanny pack is a funny one. They don't... Um, that sounds like a film review. Yeah. <laughs> the fanny pack's really funny. I lied. saw it yesterday. Fanny yeah. pack two's not as good. <laughs> um, they don't know what Brits... Uh, they don't know that Brits don't call their bottoms their fannies. Yeah. So they don't realise the name for a fanny pack changes. What we have... Uh, we have what's called a bum bag instead. Um, I'm pretty sure at this stage, the majority of Americans know that we don't call your bum your fanny. Yeah. What we call your fanny is something different. Yes. That's that's around the front. It is around the front. Um, but not on, on neither you nor I. Yeah, exactly. I think, we've, I think we've given people enough clues. Um, Although it is on some of them. <laughs> so, yeah. So, fanny pack... Uh, is not what we would call it here. I was always surprised when they called it a bum bag because I was like, and I tried to wear it around the back a few times. I'm not wearing it there. Why would you wear it there? It's ridiculous. Well, if you wear it around the front, maybe fanny pack is more. Yeah, <laughs> it got me around to thinking when I first said it was called a fanny bag, I thought, oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, next up um, car parks. Nathan and Laura said that many of their games. Whoa, hold on. Car park. I mean, it couldn't be more descriptive. Say, there's a lot of Americans going, like, you turn left of the car park. Car park? What on earth do you do there, and what do you do it with? <laughs> so, Nathan and Laura said that there are many, uh, there are many of their guests have commented that British words can be more self-explanatory, and one of those is car park. Very simply, a car park is a parking lot. It's where Brits will often park their cars for a spot of shopping on the high street. I don't understand this one. They're these two people who are blatantly trying to get us to book one of their cottages have just said, like, they don't understand. Americans now will understand a car park. They just call this something different. Once again, it's like pavement. Like, you don't have to know, or I've heard the term car park. Yeah. Although the parking lot seems more confusing in terms of where you park your car. Yeah, it's a lot of parking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you only do it once, yeah. and then you go somewhere else. Anyway. Next up, a full English breakfast. The hospitality experts are asked lots of questions about British food while they're hosting their customers. Laura said, most Americans don't realise that we don't have a full English breakfast every single morning. It would be too much to cook and far too heavy. But we do often serve a full English breakfast when they're staying with us. So, these people who host guests serve these guests from a different culture a breakfast every day and then are confused yep. that these people don't understand that that is not an everyday thing even though they're serving it to them every they're day. at fault here aren't they let's be clear yet. No, I'm not being for Laura and Nathan are just ladies and gentlemen if you do have the misfortune to uh, to come across Nathan and Laura in your travels please don't um, please don't judge the rest of the country based on the two of these people Finally is phone boxes. The final thing that Laura and Nathan's customers have realised about the UK is the phone boxes and what they're used for. I didn't get into this conversation. <laughs> I did, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't want to spoil the surprise. See, I wanted us to walk through these together. 
I mean, the first couple. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect this one to be uh, to be better. <laughs> I only included it because we had done a yeah, yeah. Ooh, similar but different with the states. Anyway, <laughs> Nathan said uh, they don't often realise that the phone boxes don't contain phones. There'll be a reason for that, dickheads, <laughs> because we're calling it a phone box. Instead, they're used to store defibrillators or as book swapping zones. Okay. <laughs> Store defibrillators I've heard of. Yeah. Never experienced. Yeah, okay. Okay. So this guy's saying that the, the Americans don't understand our culture because we now use phone boxes for different things. Yeah. To store defibrillators. I am aware of it happening. They paint it green, put a thing on it, and it's really, yeah. really useful. I don't even understand what he's talking about with book swapping zones. Yeah. I always thought they'd make use of them. They was putting, like, prostitutes calling cards in mid London because they're completely covered. In <laughs> yeah, but that's... But there's no use because there's no phone. You can't call it a phone in there anymore. Um, there must be a history there. Sorry, for, it's what I beg you. There must be a history of putting on a phone box because they used to have phones to them. Yeah. No, they, they, oh, that, that makes sense. Yes, yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> but the, um, uh, my, uh, my experience is that um, if you do find a phone box, yes. um, I can't remember when the last time I saw one was, but if you do, it's more likely to smell of tramps' pits yeah, yeah. Than, uh, than contain some books that need swapping. Right, so that's the, that, yeah, that. Those are the eight things that Americans don't understand when they visit the UK. I'd I'd like to add a ninth thought to that. I think the ninth thing that Americans don't understand when they visit the UK is Laura and Nathan, because they don't know what they're fucking talking about. It seems like they've just invented stuff there, beauty to go. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't get this because you, you, yeah. But things that she's basically things that you don't get in America, which are exactly the same, and with a little bit of thinking, you'd know exactly what they were. Exactly, pop cottage pie, of course. And it's just, uh, and it's just, how can we fudge together a quote from two people of utter bullshit just so we can stick a massive link in the middle of it to their website? Right, let's move on and hope. Yes, please do. Hope, hope we move up to the next one, which is also from February. Is I'm surprised I hadn't heard of this, Buzz. Tory MP agrees to fight Stop Brexit campaigner in televised boxing match. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So, um, we may need a little bit of context to people outside of the UK. Um, Tory MP means an MP for the Conservative Party, um, which is the uh, the party that's currently in government. So it's not like a fringe party or anything like that. Um, and this guy, let me just double check, he's the deputy chairman of the Conservative Party, by the way. Of the whole party? Of the whole party. Okay. Um, and stop Brexit. Brexit, you'll probably be aware of. The UK recently um, left the European Union, and there are still people campaigning to stop it and for them to return. Um, so, um, that is the explanation. Uh, basically, this guy... Um, a boxing match between Tory Deputy Chairman Lee Anderson and Stop Brexit Steve Bray is set to take place. The Express has reported that GB News is in talks with the... <laughs> GB News is just far-right bullshit television, by the way. Um, well, not, maybe not far-right, but very right. Anyway, it's just, someone bizarre's made that channel. It's, it's like Viz for adults. Oh, it's just... <laughs> the Express has reported that GB News is in talks with the pair about hosting a televised bout for charity after the Tory MP threw down the gauntlet last, last month. If I win, he never protests out there again. If he wins, I'll go and protest with him, Anderson said. 
So this is um, this this is politics, Buzz. We don't cover politics. It's very slightly. Politics. Um, it is very slightly <laughs> politics, but this is the deputy chairman of the political party that is currently in government is saying that he will fight a man to stop him protesting. It's so. So we're both aware of like, it's called white collar boxing or blue collar boxing. It's white collar boxing school, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's just basically normal folks to get together to have fights with other people for charity generally. You're not supposed to talk about it. That's the first and second rule of fight. Club. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I thought I said something wrong then. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, carry on. So, yes. So, uh, so there's lots of these bouts. Like, so if you follow any kind of social media, any beef that gets together now between content creators, they oh, well, let's have a, let's have a boxing match. And one of the famous ones was... Robbie Williams calling out Liam Gallagher, wasn't he? Yeah, for a celebrity yeah. boxing match years ago. This is just that, isn't it? Yeah. This is just saying, let's have a celebrity boxing match, and neither are celebrities, by the way. Um, and, but makes you think, why isn't all politics all about this? Let's have a vote. No, let's have a fight. Do you know what? I was. Your side of the house and our side of we'll just get in the middle of a fight. And who's ever left said it, you're the winner. Do you know what, that is genius. I was about to rubbish this and move on to the next one because it's clearly just bollocks and somebody trying to get some publicity. But you're absolutely right. The Houses of Parliament, they're already split into two sides. They should just kind of ring a bell or something and just can kick off. And and the, the, you know, the party with the most votes has the most people in there, so they've got the better chance because they've got more people in the fight. And it's just like, you know, Fight, fight, and see, see who wins. Can you imagine though, as he went on, the more and more your MPs are like Anthony Joshua or uh, one of the clinch goes on either side of the house. Because <laughs> we're fighting, just be a load of absolutely huge guys <laughs> and ladies on either side of the house, just getting ready of a battle instead of these sort of doddery old men that are falling asleep. <laughs> we've got, we've got a by-election for this, uh, for this seat. <laughs> And we're going to have gel stink. <laughs> and all, all of the potential candidates are six foot four and 18 stone with 4% body fat. Do you remember um, was his celebrity death match he used to be on? Yeah. It's just that would be the ultimate thing. Where they're literally ripping each other's heads off and smashing each other up with like, you know, inane objects. I'm pretty sure the uh, the Houses of Parliament one was more like that when it first when it was first established. I do hope so. Right. Well, let's move on. And the next one, Baz, is from this month. Um, in fact, it was from this week. Um, and this is genuinely a sound advice. Okay. The headline is DIY Doc in quotes goes blind and nearly dies after cracking his own neck to avoid paying a chiropractor. I mean, it's close to a Darwin Award, but I think there are a lot of people who... I've seen people do it. They, you know, they'll they'll turn their head some of them and they go, oh, that, that feels better. Still, well, that's generally done by a practitioner, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but you see, I've seen people, like some of my mates, they'll, and they'll grab their chin and grab their head and they'll... Liz could do without doing that. She just turns her neck and it cracks. Oh, anyway, here's here's a reason why you probably won't want to do that kind of thing. Dad Andy Wilson avoided hefty chiropractor costs using his twice daily neck twisting routine. But one day he went horribly wrong after being left blind and inducing a stroke. I don't think anybody can argue with the fact that that has gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Andy Wilson, 53, had suffered from a bad neck since 12 years old and saw a number of professionals. 
so in a bid to avoid hefty chiropractor fees, he decided to take his physical therapy into his own hands and twist his neck daily. A well-known medical no-no, Dr. Raymond Bertino of the University of Illinois, concluded that neck cracking can injury, injure arteries. The dad had been doing his routine for 31 years to save cash, seemingly problem-free. But on March the 5th, as he mimicked an expert's jerking motion, he had a near-death experience. Andy had just ruptured an artery in his neck, which caused a stroke and him to go blind. He explained, I've met different chiropractors over the years, and they all do this one neck adjustment. I'd relax my muscles and twist my head from side to side. This is insane. This is like someone who's gone, oh, well, I've watched emergency a and e on channel five so when i had a compound fracture of my femur i decided to straighten it myself it's just not advisable is it almost one in ten people with a tear in the neck artery were found to have undergone chiropractic neck adjustment so one in ten people who get a tear in the neck artery have done it through doing this but this time andy could tell something wasn't quite right after he felt pressure in his head he said, my limbs didn't feel normal. I picked on my hand and it started to wave on its own. Bloody hell. Andy from New South Wales, Australia, mustered up the strength to call his uncle Craig and pull himself upstairs. <laughs> Again, Bats, right? I'm going to change the intonation of this sentence to very much change it, okay? Andy from New South Wales, Australia, mustered up the strength to call his uncle Craig and pull himself upstairs. <laughs> I don't think that's what you should be doing when you're in that situation. You should be seeking medical advice. You shouldn't be going upstairs to pull yourself. He discovered his dodgy neck manipulation actually induced several life-threatening injuries. He said, I was actually having a stroke. The combination of the neck adjustments and my back injury caused a calcium build upon my spine. This caused my right artery to sever, resulting in three brain clots and a stroke to the occipital region of my brain. Sorry, so is that Andy reciting this? Yeah. Okay, DIY dog. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was told this. He's not just gone, do you know what's just happened there? Um, when he was picked up by an ambulance, paramedics accused him of being drunk or hired drugs. Staff quickly discovered that Andy had actually had three brain clots and kicked into high gear to try and save his life. The stroke specialist was horrified to find out about Andy's dodgy... DIY chiropractic feet, and needless to say, he became determined to kick the neck cracking habits. Since returning home on March the 9th, the dad has been recovering well and is 99% better. So he's not blind anymore. Nope. It's happened again, Buzz. <laughs> we've been we've been clickbaited again. Much as that is a terrible thing, and yes, it's great advice not to try and crack your own neck or do any medical procedures by yourself um yeah it turns out he's all right in the end i mean the opening line says diy doc he's not a diy doc he's somebody cracks his neck <laughs> DIY, diy doc i mean it it does imply i know the y stands for yourself but it does imply that he's got in a poly i'll give it a go to his mates yeah yeah i mean you know it's basically he's cracked his neck he's injured himself and the whole story is basically he's injured himself to be fair he has he, he, he has had a stroke and gone blind he's better now but it's a bit more than just injured himself in it well i don't think so <laughs> i think he's 
Uh, when they said it was life-threatening, he has literally just narrowly avoided a Darwin Award. Yeah. Um, he's, basically he's just basically an unlucky guy. He is an unlucky guy. Brought it on himself. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, here's one, Baz, that is... Um, this relates to a podcast we did uh, previously. It was the one that we did when we were last here, which was the parenting episode. Okay. And we said that um, you need to prepare for what you're going to call um, the uh, private areas of your child, because that will be the name that they call them. And you don't want them going to school saying, there's something wrong with my punt. Yeah, yeah. Was the exact phrase we used. Yeah. I read this, and I've been sitting on this news story for a while because I read this literally the week after. Father deeply concerned by school's sex education after teacher wrote cunt on the board. <laughs> I'm already loving this one. A concerned parent has expressed his disapproval of young children being exposed to explicit language for genitalia at school after a teacher wrote the word cunt on the board. <laughs> so see how this is literally... Exactly what we spoke about, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Matthew Cheatham, whose daughter is a Year 7 student at the Queen Elizabeth II High School in Peel, in the Isle of Man, was worried after her teacher wrote the profane word on the board. He told uh, the radio show, they might hear it in school, but we wouldn't accept it in language in our own home. Uh, he said that the children had been encouraged in school and were coming home speaking to six, seven, eight-year-olds saying, oh, well, we learned about Adel and we swore at teachers at school today. So, um, yeah, it just, I mean, I'm not going to read the rest of it. It just seems like it's a massive, like, overreaction by this father. Is it an overreaction? Yeah, well, no, that's like a teacher. If a teacher called the kid a cunt. So basically the teacher has written cunt on the board. Yeah. And he's got in to say, please don't use the word cunt from, in front of my kids. Yeah. I mean, he's got a point. <laughs> he, he has got a point. <laughs> the last one we've got here, Baz, is, um, and the uh, the headline is just a quote, and the quote is, and I know straight away from the photos, this is literally one of those news stories where they've seen a TikTok and they're just basically relaying what happens in the TikTok, padding it out a bit and turning it into a story. So this isn't clickbait because I know what's going on here and I've willingly joined in this, okay? okay. So, uh, the headline is literally a quote, and the quote is, My 55-inch bum is so big, I hid bottles of booze in it when I go clubbing. Okay? Okay. So, um, a plus-size model has revealed her bum is so big that she can sneak bottles of alcohol into concerts and clubs undetected. The 28-year-old OF model from Ontario, Canada, was seen flaunting her curvaceous figure in a bright yellow dress, showing off her 55-inch bum to camera. In the clip, which has gained more than 15,000 likes, Baz. Wow. Um, she explained, One thing I used to do when I was younger was hide full alcohol bottles in my bum. I'm not kidding. I wish I was. Okay. At this stage, I've got a question, Baz. Does she mean in or up? Yeah. That was my that was my thought, Steve. Is she doing the uh, alcohol and nightclub version of a prisoner smuggling a mobile phone into prison? So, in that case, the only reason you'd mention fifty five is because obviously the uh, 
The depth should have come from. Well, I was also thinking the depth is great. Depth of the cheeks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm also just thinking a whole bottle. I'm looking at myself, thinking there isn't that much room inside you. Sorry to be so graphic. Every time me and my friends would go to concerts, I would be the person who would have to hide the alcohol. So, another one. Um, This sounds like she's hiding it for other people as well. She's got a bar up there. Viewers were left bemused by the claims and they took to the comments just to ask how she managed to get away with it. One user asked, wait, in your bum or under and between the cheeks? So uh, that's the clarification. She responded to this comment with a video that showed her sticking a 500 milliliter bottle down the back of her leggings. That is incredible. Yeah. Um... I like it. We've gone from oh, this is a shit story. Too. Oh, that's quite impressive. That's the thing. It's like, it's like, I bet David Copperfield never did this. Exactly. You're quite right, Baz. I've gone from confused as to if it's going in or up or between the cheeks. Um, you clearly can't see from the from the video, but I suggest it's she separates the cheeks, fires it in, and then closes the cheeks around it. Yeah. But she did suggest. Um, reading between the lines that she used to smuggle stuff in for her maid. Yeah. I've got two questions. How many bottles can she fit in there? Yeah. And secondly, who's going to drink out of that bottle once it's been in her? Well, you know about these guys that smuggle stuff abroad. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're not too worried. <laughs> and also, since, you know, it, it, like this, you know that thing where you go to take stuff out of a fridge and it's quite normal? That's not the same as that, is it? It's definitely not the same. It's going to be warm. That's the other thing, isn't it? Baz, basically, uh, basically, her ass is an alcohol mule. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I'm impressed that she could hide something, but, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry one of those people that would be that desperate. I think the uh, I think the final uh, mildly controversial podcast opinion on this one is we're hugely impressed, but we're going nowhere near anything that she's smuggled into. I'd go 100% with that, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so on that bombshell, that's what we've got time that for. That bombshell, yeah. Hey, we've got it again, Baz. It's the second time we've been able to use that line. On that bombshell. Um, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, keep doing all the amazing thing you do in terms of doing all the subscribe shit. Like, subscribe, share. Go to uh, buymecoffee.com slash mildlypod. Throw us a few quid so we can fund the production of this amazing podcast that you all love so much. Thank you very much. So, um, thanks again, Baz. Yes. Um, thanks for having me in your house. Thanks for giving me out-of-date, um, possibly alcoholic, possibly non-alcoholic beer. It's free. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's so out-of-date. It might be more or less alcoholic by now. <laughs> Who knows what's happened to it? Anyway, um, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Mike? Yeah? Do you think anyone's still listening? I don't know, probably not. If they are, where can they find us? Thanks for asking, Baz. That's a great question. The best way to find us is to go to the website at daddancer.co.uk forward slash podcast and the links to everything are there.